Hey, y'all. It's the Walking Well Podcast, and I'm your host, Joan Martz. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you follow the podcast religiously, you know that we missed last week because, um, you know, your girl had to uh, stay sane. And so um, some things just weren't lining up and I had to make some choices about how time was spent. And so, you know, instead of like crucifying myself over the fact that the podcast didn't get out on time or at all last week. I kind of just let it be. And, you know, I preach so much about self-care and balance. And so I really wanted (laughs) to not be a hypocrite in that moment. And, you know, sometimes everything doesn't get done. Sometimes we have to redefine what success looks like for us, given all the things, the roles, the responsibilities that we have. So the podcast didn't come out last week. Hope you're not mad. Hope you can find it within yourself to forgive me. And I hope that this next couple of, ep- well, these next couple of episodes really make up for it because it's some amazing content. You know, um, I have spent a lot of time in the past two to three years really pursuing the thing that God has put on my heart to do. And I just feel like it's time for us to do what God has called us to do and to not sit back and kind of find other ways to spend time because it's safer or easier or simpler or whatever excuse we can make. And so I just really wanted to spend some time encouraging you guys to hop in there, get in there, do what God has called you to do. And so I have these amazing interviews with these awesome women um, to kind of help guide you in the right direction, whether you've started your own thing, whether you want to jump into something, whether you're kind of like, oh, I don't know what it is. What should I be doing? I just hope these these interviews, these next couple episodes will be really encouraging. And so um, without further ado, let's hop right into the first one. Hey guys, welcome back. This is the Walking Well Podcast, and I'm your host, Jalon Martz, and we are talking about pursuing your passion. So today I have with me Courtney Bowser. Hello. Super excited for you guys to hear from her. Courtney and I actually, we go way back, first of all. Um, (laughs) I knew her when I was like eight. Yeah. You had um, Chishana Dance Studio and Art Studio, um, which was an amazing gift to our city. Um, But... Uh, yeah, so I knew her was eight and we lost touch. And then somehow around 2013, we got reconnected and she's been like a mentor, friend, sister to me for a while now. And, um, I actually participate in the beautiful community, which is this brainchild, soul child of yours, <laughs> um, based on her book about just like her story and her testimony. But I'm just really excited for people to hear kind of a little bit about you, what you've got going on. So could you just share with us, like, what's, what do you do? Who are you? Who's Courtney Bowser? Sure, sure. So Courtney Bowser, well, I guess first and foremost, I'm a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah is my husband. I have two boys, mm-hmm. Jed. Uh, Jedediah, but we call him Jed for short, and Elijah. Jed is 13. Elijah is soon to be 10. And I homeschool them Mm -hmm. so that they can travel with us, so they keep me very busy. But my husband and I run an organization called Ignition Point Ministries. And um, we started that back in 2006. Like Jalan said, Mm -hmm. I used to be her dance teacher (laughs) years and years ago. We actually used to have this art school called Shoshana Arts, and we ran that for about 10 years. And then after letting go of that and a lot of transition in life, 
we um, had already we had already incorporated Ignition Point because we were getting a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to be overseas and and we wanted to kind of do everything on the up and up and so on and so forth and since then I guess that's twelve years ago we incorporated and we've just been running with it ever since most of what we do takes place overseas in different countries just kind of sharing the gospel like our mission statement is passionate relationship with Jesus combined with fearlessly per- pursuing God-given purpose is what changes the world. And so everything that we do in some way connects to that idea. And um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we do in a very brief nutshell. Yeah, yeah. So we do tons of things. <laughs> yes. Um, I went on my first mission trip with you guys. So there's so much that they do and, and that whole, yeah, purpose, pursuing Jesus, lives being changed is y'all 24-7, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But okay, so so like, what is your thing? What is your passion? Well, basically, I would I would have to say it's kind of twofold. One, I just love to tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just love it, and whether that is in a tiny village bush church in Africa, whether that is on the the streets where the women in prostitution work in Brazil, whether it's in an American conference with thousands of ladies present, like I don't care. Like I just. It is my greatest joy mm-hmm. to be able to talk to people about Jesus or sitting on an airplane, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's my number one passion. But that passion didn't come till later in life when I gave my life to the Lord at like 18. But um, my first passion that I still love with all my heart is dance. Mm-hmm. I grew up dancing from the time I was three years old. I trained to dance my entire life. And I guess I first started dance, t- teaching dance around 14 mm-hmm. and just never stopped. When I came to know Jesus at 18, I used dance kind of as my vehicle to reach people and to share his love with people. And we still do that, yeah. even though we don't have the art school anymore. Right, right, yeah. And you were involved with one mm-hmm. of those trips. We have something called the Love Project, where we use the arts and the teaching of dance, but also music mm-hmm. and visual arts and other things with at-risk kids, women, teenagers around the world. Mm-hmm. And so dance is still a major part of what I do. But it's definitely, I can never deny that as one of my greatest passions. We were just in Brazil and I was teaching at an art school down there and I taught dance one night and there's like 55 people out there dancing we were on this big basketball court and afterward Jeremiah my husband was like Oh my God. There, it's, it's rare to see you happier than in a moment like that where you've got like chaos, chaos people 50 dance. people spinning at the same time, you know, whatever it might be. So those are my passions. And so have, so it sounds like you started that really early, but have you always known that that was your passion or was there a time you were like, what am I supposed to do? What is my life supposed to be? Yeah, I think, I mean, dance was always, I didn't originally start like wanting to dance. I was born with really badly deformed feet Mm. and, um, and the doctors had me in these shoes for a year of my life that helped. And then the doctors, when I was three said, try putting her in dance. Mm -hmm. And my mom dragged me kicking and screaming. And then I just never wanted to stop. You know, it's like so, so much of, of art period. It's Mm -hmm. like a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I continued, I never have stopped dancing though. I've had four ACL tears (laughs) in the same knee, (laughs) me and like professional football players. I don't know. We're kind of one in the same, I guess, but um, that has greatly prohibited, you know, the amount and the extent to which I dance. But um, 
that started from a young age and, and never stopped. Mm-hmm. Though I, I shifted my purpose in it. Dance mm-hmm. had always been about me being the best, getting all the attention and all the glory. And, um, then when I came to know Jesus, it became a tool, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Jesus, now, as a little girl, I went to church and I, I really did love the idea of mm-hmm. Jesus, really, truly. But most of all my team, well, middle school and teenage years, I did not go to church. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, you know, there was no Jesus going on there. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of other stuff going right. on, <laughs> but no Jesus. <laughs> and thankfully again, when I was 18 and my mother dragged me kicking and screaming to this women's conference, I wanted to go party at UF, mm-hmm. your old stomping mm-hmm. grounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, well, the conference starts on a Thursday night. Would you just come with us? And then you can go to Gainesville. And yeah, I walked into that church that Thursday night and it was like I walked into the love of God mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it all, but I knew like it was, it was that big. I was supposed to be moving to New York City. I had an apartment on hold for me there mm-hmm. for the date that I was moving. I was transferring to NYU, like the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And in one night, I was so captivated by Jesus and so captivated by the spirit that I felt in that room that I just let it all go. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> but I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, started trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So what does that journey look like then from that moment of I had a plan and I'm ditching that plan? Oh, man. And I don't know what's in front of me. <laughs> But Jesus, but right? Jesus, yeah. Um, it looks like one, everybody thinks you're crazy and you've mm-hmm. lost your mind. Mm-hmm. Like all of my friends were very concerned. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. You know, you had a full ride to school. You had this. Nothing in the natural made sense. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Um, thank goodness my mom had had like a really divine connection with the Lord again in that same night. Mm-hmm. And so she was kind of on my side. Yeah. So at least I wasn't fighting that battle with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew that I needed this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so basically I just started kind of grabbing whatever was in front of me. I remember the next week, literally, I heard a friend talking that there was a local church that had almost this like college accredited program, but it was part a ministry school, like hands on ministry, mm-hmm. and then part like Bible school mm-hmm. training in the word and in all the theology stuff and everything. And so I was like, there's no way they're going to let me in. Like, I am, I am <laughs> really a week fresh. into this, <laughs> you know? <Really> new. <laughs> like, I know a few things. Yeah. And so I, but I tried, I applied and I went for an interview and they let me in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I got kicked out again six months later, but hey. But you got in. I got in. That was the goal. <laughs> that was my first step. And it really was. I referenced those six months as, I don't know if you do much fishing or if you've ever done much fishing. A little bit of fishing, a little bit of fishing. But but, uh, you know, I had a brother and, and uh, my father always has been like my hero mm-hmm. and they loved fish. So mm-hmm. I would go fishing with them. And it's something called setting the hook. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you set the hook in the fish. Mm-hmm. And I always reference that six months that I was a part of that program as the Lord setting the hook in me. Mm-hmm. Because once I had had that six months of seeing, because we, I was thrown right into mm-hmm. ministry. It mm-hmm. wasn't just a Bible study. Mm-hmm. It was being in the inner city. It was being with foster kids. It was being with elderly people, mm-hmm. whatever. It was doing the youth group at church and putting away all the stuff for children's church, you yeah. know, yeah. serving, cleaning people's toilets, whatever. But once I had had a taste of like what Jesus looks like poured out mm-hmm. through my own life, like, what do you do after that? So even, 
even after that, because in my mind, in those six months, like, oh, well, I'll just finish this program. I'll get, you know, my Bible degree, and then I'll be like a pastor or something mm-hmm. at a church. Mm-hmm. But then I got kicked out at six months for breaking the rules. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> my brother came home, and we had a big party, and I was like, oh, I, I drank. You're not supposed uh, yeah. to drink. I'm out. You know, that was the rules of their organization. And mm-hmm. so... um but then again, I had a choice to make. Yeah. Like, what am I going to run back to my New York City plan? Mm-hmm. But I know too much now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've tasted and seen, mm-hmm. you know. So all I knew to do, there was a local organization. That I was friends with the missionaries. And they were they were back home. They weren't living overseas anymore. But they were still going back and forth to a lot of different mm-hmm. countries. And uh, And I would just show up at their office every day. And be like, because I was still living at home with my mom and dad, so mm-hmm. I didn't have major overhead to have mm-hmm. to deal with or anything. And I said, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm your volunteer. Mm-hmm. And for hours, every day, I would volunteer. And it was so cool because one of the things he had me do almost daily was I would listen, uh, like, picture an old cassette tape, if you know what that is, <laughs> and headphones and and a computer and I would literally listen to him preach in my ears and type it Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty fast typer and I would type it as fast as I could out on paper so it was like God kept me in Bible school Mm -hmm. and I did that probably for another six months until I just one day had the idea for Shoshana Arts Mm -hmm. and um, it all kind of changed from there. Yeah. So you went from kind of like this holding pattern but God you know putting things in you to I have this idea. Yeah. How did, okay, so, because I stepped into the idea, so I met you, you when did. the idea was, like, a thing. Yeah. So, that process, because that's uh, a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was just building relationships with as many awesome Jesus mentor-type people as I could, mm-hmm. and showing up at their office, and um, letting God, God had a lot of work to do in me, and, <laughs> and still has, but, you know, I uh, had all sorts of craziness in those years that I wasn't going to church, mm-hmm. and um, and God had to heal and undo and change mindsets, and He still is. Mm-hmm. It's a process now, 20-some-odd mm-hmm. years later, and um, I was driving down the road. I was, I had been at the gym with my mom, mm-hmm. and it was not special. It was the last Wednesday of 1997, May. It was the month of May, and I was driving down the road, and and I, it was just a thought. Like, there, that's the thing. There was no angels or, like, a, a prophet came and spoke to me. It was just a thought. And I said to my mom, man, wouldn't it be cool if we had a place with all the arts under one roof mm-hmm. and, you know, teenagers and kids would just flock to it because they love the arts. Mm-hmm. And that's my background. And I, I used to always say, we'd be like secret agents. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't know. they think they're coming to learn this. And we would capture their hearts for Jesus. And it, it was just a thought, but it got me so excited in that moment that, um, I went home and started writing down ideas Mm -hmm. and then I started talking to people and I made up a name Mm -hmm. and one thing led to another. I mean, there are so many stories just about that process, but literally that was the last Wednesday of May of 1997. And I always say that I was just naive enough to believe that this night I was 19 like mm-hmm. this 19 year old kid could could pull this off and and I was new enough to Jesus that I, I was still it. right yeah. yeah it all just felt so new and miraculous mm-hmm. that I was still believing you know I hadn't been jaded yet right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully still am not jaded right. though as you know life takes its twists and turns but um I just believed he could do it mm-hmm. and that he could use a little foolish person like me to do it. Mm-hmm. And he did. We opened, that was May, we opened in October. 
and stayed open. And I think you came a year or two later. Yeah. Yeah. And walked into this phenomenal dream. Yeah. That was, it was, I mean, there was there, I feel like there's yet to be a place like Shoshana was, you know, in such a, a cool place. And so Shoshana is no more. Yeah. Can you talk to us about like, like the opening and closing of like a dream or a goal and like kind of where that takes you and how you walk through that? Um, yeah. So the story itself goes that, uh, approximately 10 years later, I guess it was around nine when the Lord started kind of putting it in my heart. I would just have these thoughts like it's time to let go of the art school. Mm. And I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Get thee behind me, yes. Satan. Yeah. You know, like childlike fingers in the ears. <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not listening. <laughs> Uh, so I, four months is like my thing. I wrestle with God for about four months regularly. When, <laughs> when I knew we were supposed to have our first child, that was a four month wrestle. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hard things I wrestle. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and thank God that he's gracious to us in that mm-hmm. and wrestles with us. And, uh, even if he has to dislocate our joint <laughs> a little bit, you hey, know, I mean, what I say, <laughs> little Jacob in there. Yeah. And so, um, Finally, I woke up one morning. It was February of 2007. And I, uh, I just knew something was off. And I went in my backyard and began to pray. And I hit one very specific spot in my yard. And I heard the Lord say in my mind, not the audible mm-hmm. voice of God, but I had this such a strong thought. When you were 18 years old, you said, not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take that back now? Mm-hmm. And I knew then, like, the echo was now that it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. now that it you don't understand, now mm-hmm. that the story isn't going in this perfect, miraculous way. Mm-hmm. And and that had been my issue all along. Like, this does not make sense. Mm-hmm. And um, But I knew, like, Jesus, I said you were mine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't – or I am yours and you are mine. I don't, I'm not going to change that. And so I came in. I was like, guess what? Mm-hmm. We're closing the art school. And it was awful. Like, I can't, it was, there were beautiful moments. Getting to see, at such a young age, getting to hear the testimonies and the stories and the people. And like you were just saying, like, I still will run into people to this day that were like, greatest years of my life were spent in that building, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And it breaks my heart a little bit every time that we don't have it anymore. But... What I've come in hindsight, right? In the moment, it was just hard and brutal. And God stripped me down and removed all the parts of my identity because it was all I'd ever known as a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, so much of my identity was wrapped up in Shoshana. Mm-hmm. And he had to strip all that away and reestablish things on every front. Mm-hmm. And... um that took time, took mm-hmm. a few years mm-hmm. for that to happen. And I had another child and we were building our family. And what I realized was that, especially for someone like me, like if you have a lot of dreams mm-hmm. and desires, like you can have them all, mm-hmm. but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to embrace the seasons of life mm-hmm. and you're going to have to embrace all of the the work that God wants to do in you mm-hmm. and how so often the things that we're crying out for in prayer, like those happen mm-hmm. as we transition from season to season. They happen when we're willing to let go and trust when we don't know what comes next, mm-hmm. when we're willing to trust and leap when we don't know how the story ends. Like whether it's me starting Shoshana or like going, letting go of Shoshana, they were ba- both massive 
massive leaps of faith mm-hmm. in opposite ways, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But both of them required the ultimate, like, I trust you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I trust you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of, you know, where I've, where we've remained since then. But all the things that have happened in my life since closing Shoshana couldn't have happened and have the art school too. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have all just been way too much. Right. And, um, so you just have to trust that he's writing the proper story and mm-hmm. close the chapter and start a new one when mm-hmm. it's time. Yeah, that's so good because I think we have like this atmosphere, you know, everything's very entrepreneurial, but everything is kind of like, go get it, go make it happen. Um, but there's this sensitivity that you also have to have to, okay, Jesus, what season is this? Yeah. And to flow with the season and the grace of each yeah. and every season. And I love that you said you can have lots of dreams, but just not at the same time because there is that give and take, that push and that pull. And I think that's the wisdom of God, even though we're like impatient. Yeah. So frequently like, no, I want all of it. I want all of it now. It's like, it would kill you. Sit down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's so good. It's so true. And sometimes, like for me, the greatest works that God has done in me, mm-hmm. in my character, and in my all the parts of the insides of me, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Those have happened in the nothing. Yeah. In these in-between seasons yeah. where I can't say, all right, here's my resume. Let me show you everything I'm doing, yeah. you know? Yeah. When, when, in the silence. In the silence. In the stillness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you hear a lot of what's going on on the inside of you. And it's like God has given you this room to address it. It's like mm-hmm. you could have been busy with things, but I need you to turn inward and we need to address this. Because when it gets busy again, I need you to be right in here to be yeah. able to even be effective out there. And sometimes you can't even truly see what's coming next yeah. without those seasons. Yes. You know? For sure. There's such clarifying moments. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's like roots getting deeper to be able to like flower into something or what. But those in-between seasons... Sometimes they're rough because of the silence and because of the noise of your soul and because you don't have all those things out here. Yeah. Um, you realize you were depending on that uh-huh. or your identity was wrapped up in that or, you know, you felt worth and you felt important and there was pride. And then it's like when you don't have those things, like, who are you now? And the Lord is like, all right, come on back. Come on. Right. Let's you go out. Now come on back. Come let's on back. realign you a little bit. Yeah, oh, I hate it. I know because you're like, I know it's coming. We just. This is going to be painful. Yeah, but it's good because it reaps that harvest of righteousness afterwards. It's good. Yeah. Super good. So now, okay, so what does your life look like on a daily basis now? What do you have going now? Oh, man. So it kind of depends on whether we're in like a a busy travel season Mm -hmm. or our windows were at home. So like, for instance, right now I'm trying to soak it in (laughs) because I'm at home for a little while. And so I'm just trying to get the boys and I in a good routine. We just started our school year again. Again. So on a quiet season, like we do, we do school the first six hours of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I spend a lot of time in skate parks. Yeah. <laughs> My boys love to skate park, mm-hmm. to skateboard. So I sit in a lot of skate parks and, and I grocery shop and I cook and I clean and n- things that we would consider normal life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those seasons are full of my greatest joy, mm-hmm. you know, even silly little things like watching the birds in the birdhouse, stuff yeah. that when we're in go mode, when we're in travel season. You don't see it yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm seeing other beautiful things, but I'm not just, just in that quiet routine and it's good for our family. But soon mm-hmm. that will all change mm-hmm. and we'll get into travel season. And in those seasons, so starting the end of this September, we start traveling and it basically is nonstop until Till New Year's, mm-hmm. and um, we'll be in Europe. We'll be in a- Uganda, Africa. We'll be three times in Brazil separately. Mm-hmm. We'll be in Boston. We'll be in Kingston, New York. 
Um, it's just going to be a lot. And, and so during those seasons, the boys, most of those trips, the mm-hmm. boys will be with us. Yeah. And so we homeschool on the fly. We decide, you know, what, what is, Absolute. The one good thing I feel like about those busy seasons in our lives is it teaches us to focus, mm-hmm. you know, like all the, the paraphernalia we can fill our lives with, like it just cuts all that away down to what is the absolute necessities. Mm-hmm. And, and that it's that way as far as traveling, as far as homeschooling on the go and, and also ministry wise, yeah. like what, what is the specific thing that you have anointed us to do? Yeah. Not just saying yes to every Everything and being a jack of all trades, trades, which is something that I definitely struggle with. Mm-hmm. You know, just I'm, I'm learning as I'm growing older. Focus, say yes to what is uniquely you, mm-hmm. and let others do what they can do mm-hmm. better than you, probably. Yeah. And um, so, in those busy travel seasons, it's it's a lot of planning and prethought and just making it happen when we can in airports or mm-hmm. around schedules <laughs> and. Having to be very, like, I can't be uptight. I can't be OCD. I can't have to be type A. Yeah, I got to be flexible and just roll with it. But, uh, and a lot of just grace, like trusting. I know I have to go into it knowing I'm going to drop balls, Mm -hmm. knowing I'm not going to be able to say that I homeschooled them perfectly in those Mm -hmm. seasons, but that the opportunities my kids are getting as we're in these different nations, Mm -hmm. preaching and ministering, uh, uh, that they are, right? Yeah. So... I don't know if that really answers the question. No, well, yeah, but. you answered like five questions. <laughs> so I was thinking like, okay, so how do you do that? And you just sort of were like, I've got to be flexible. I've got to kind of know that I can't, again, I can't have everything. Yeah. Um, and so to value the things that I can have when I can have them and to take the trade-offs as they come. And I mean, I think that's such a big deal. Even just that that little bit of, I'm, I know I'm not going to homeschool my kids perfectly because yeah. I think moms can carry such a, a burden to do it perfectly. Yeah. Um, but still you're also giving them something, you know, being, yeah. you're in the bush in Africa, like right. just, the, <laughs> just the experiences and the exposure, the life sort of exposure that your kids have and traveling and doing ministry. Like they're learning yeah. so much about Jesus, <laughs> so much practical on the ground about Jesus that like, I think they're I'm coaching myself ahead of time because I know me and I'm like, oh, I can see come about the middle of November. I'm going to start doing like, oh, no, we should have done that, you know. So I'm like pre-coaching myself. Preemptive. Preemptive about that. Preemptive. There we go. So like, okay, so you said yes to Jesus. You guys are doing this season, this phase of life. What does that cost you? Like what is the tangible cost (sighs) to you? A couple different things. One, I think with what we do, you know, sometimes it would be easier to – just work for someone else mm-hmm. and show up at nine o'clock, do my work awesome mm-hmm. and leave at five and go home to my family mm-hmm. and not think about any of that anymore. Right. But that has never been my life. Cause even with Shoshana, mm-hmm. I was you, the director. Yeah, that was you. You were the boss. <laughs> so it's all, and it's the same again with ignition point. Mm-hmm. So we were laughing about this the other night. Like it's just all day, every day. Mm-hmm. It, it's your entire life. It's your life yeah. And learning to draw those boundaries is a lot harder mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. And and saying, I'm not going to think about this today. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm going to pretend like my, my, you know, I don't have to talk to my boss. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, so that is a, a cost. You know, we, we, for all intents and purposes, like, quote, unquote, live by faith. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're just obedient to what God has called us to do, which means 
Sometimes we have tons of support for what we need and for the countries that we're going to. Sometimes we don't, Mm -hmm. and we just have to trust that God is going to provide or bring an opportunity or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. that, you know, what he's called us to do, he provides for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that requires, it's a different mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's different again from a a more traditional looking work job. Mm -hmm. And of course, in order to do it, the way we want to do it as a family and not leave our kids, that complicates things. Mm-hmm. I would have never, ever, ever said <laughs> that I would be a homeschool mom. <laughs> That's so emphatic. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that in me? Uh, <laughs> it has been... The, uh, and the, I, love the, I lose my words when I talk about this. It is... The first couple years were a major breaking process for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I really feel like I'm, grow, I'm growing comfortable in my own skin with mm-hmm. it and starting to actually enjoy mm-hmm. the gift that it can be to have these moments with my kids and it doesn't just feel hard. Mm-hmm. And so... Thank God, because you see me when it's felt really hard, yeah, and yeah. I'm just starting to get a taste in the last three weeks of, oh man, this, this might actually be really great. Like mm-hmm. we're all settling in, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that might be a, a cost that doesn't feel so burdensome now, mm-hmm. and more more joyful. Yeah, that's good. So that's good. So. What would you say? I mean, you've been talking about this whole time. I was gonna, I was gonna ask, what would you say the role that faith has played, kind of in this yeah. process? But it's kind of just been, been all throughout it and woven throughout it. And so, um, I think that's so important for people to know. You know, you've talked even just about living by faith and trusting that God's gonna fill in the gaps. Because I think we say that, but people don't know like. What does that mean, walking by faith? And it's like I take this step out and I expect God to meet me in that step. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really, I think it's so very important because it, as someone that's stepping out and as someone that's pursuing what's on your heart, what you feel like God has called you to do, you may see A and B. Right. C through Z, you may not right. see. You may not see those until you kind of get to C and then he's like, okay, here's D. You know, and that's I think true. that's important for people to hear and to know. Yeah. Um, good. And and how, like, I, I always come back to, and with the boys, like, I trust you, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, when, when all the money that we could possibly need is right there and more mm-hmm. when it's not, and we go anyways, and then God provides or, you know, whatever, what, and, and even aside from money, mm-hmm. like when we think everything's going one way and mm-hmm. then suddenly it comes to a screeching halt yeah. or takes a different turn altogether. And you're like, hold on, that's. That's yeah, not like how this was supposed to go. Right. Like just learning, you know, I trust you. Mm-hmm. You are in this with me. Yeah. So in that, I trust you. How have you guys tackled like the fear or even just the fear of failure? Like we're not going to get done what we, what we planned to do, what we yeah. intended to do. Are we going to have enough of this? You know, what does that look like? Oh man. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a hard question. I feel like it's a, it's a daily process. It's Mm -hmm. a daily growing. And I feel like we all have our different struggles. Mm -hmm. Like for me, uh, the fears would lie more in, will, will I get to the end of my life Mm -hmm. and be able to look back and say that I was obedient, that I didn't settle, Mm -hmm. that I, that I, I I lived the Bible Mm -hmm. and I didn't settle for what was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the American dream mm-hmm. with all my heart, and it can be very tempting. Mm-hmm. I love that 
that we have an opportunity where people can achieve almost anything in this nation if they set their mind to it. But I also know if we're not careful, that can directly contradict so much of what we see in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And it would just be so easy to love Jesus, Mm -hmm. but live my own way Mm -hmm. and do things my own way. And and I just, I don't know, I just want to stand before Him one day and know like I was obedient. Yeah. And know that I didn't shrink back in fear because of the unknowns or because of the pain it might cause me mm-hmm. and the, the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if God were to call us to permanently, not permanently, but for a period of time, even relocate to mm-hmm. another country, because right now we're in and out, mm-hmm. but we're in and out of Jacksonville. Right, right, right. And, um, but what if, if God said, leave it, leave it all behind. Mm -hmm. And, and the sacrifices that so many of our friends that live overseas and that they make with their families and, and, you know, would we be willing to do it? And I don't struggle so much with the financial fears. Mm -hmm. Now, men, like my husband would say, like, that is the area that he is tested in the most Mm -hmm. that he, and some women too. It's, I don't think it has to do with male or female. I think it has everything to do with personality. Right. Um, it's just not in my personality, maybe my history, my upbringing, Mm -hmm. maybe all those things come into play. I don't know. But I know that that for many people is a major, major issue. Mm -hmm. Like, where is the money going to come from? And I don't know a simple way to answer that question. All I know to tell you is to start taking those baby steps, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, the plane ticket might cost $2,000, but do you have your passport? Like, mm-hmm. let's start with something a little smaller. If mm-hmm. we can believe God for, and it might not be that someone walks up and, and hands you a check for $175, but maybe you get an opportunity to do something that pays you 500 bucks, right, right, you know, right. like who knows how God does these mm-hmm. things. Um, but, but taking those baby steps of faith financially mm-hmm. and building those testimonies, I really feel like with money, like faith for finances, faith for the provision something of God. It is something you build, yeah. right? Yeah. You start with a tiny step and then he meets mm-hmm. that and then the next step mm-hmm. and then the next step. And then before you know it, you're, you know, you're believing him for, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars a year yeah. when it was hard just to believe for the money for your passport at mm-hmm. one point, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think baby steps and the fear thing, like, it's it's the the devil's greatest tool against us, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. does not want us to be obedient. And I preach a message on fear and obedience. And I'll just say this one little tidbit. Like, I always encourage you when that spirit of fear comes and all the voices start, which I don't care how far you are along in Christianity, right. like right. it's gonna, you'll be 80 years old and have that one night where you lay yeah. in bed and yeah. it starts, you know? Yeah. And, and I just, I, I start asking myself the question, okay. What lies on the other side of my obedience? Mm-hmm. What amazing testimony. What story. I read these stories in the Bible of the great men and women of God that had to face tremendous fear. Mm-hmm. Some of them unto death, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But what testimony, what beautiful thing, maybe not just for my own life, but for the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. lies on the other side of my obedience. And Satan knows it, and he is trying so hard mm-hmm. to keep me from that obedience because he doesn't want that thing to happen. And when I think about it that that way, yeah. then the fighter in me comes out yeah. a little bit, and it's not so hard, yeah. you know. Like, well, I'm not going out like that. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, right. we're doing this, Lord. Exactly. Man, that's so good. 
So for someone that feels like they're right on the precipice of like, do I go? Do I not go? Do I go? Oh, I feel like God's calling me. Like, what would you say to them? I would say go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, unless you're in a season of waiting or Mm -hmm. something, uh, most of the time I would say step out, Mm -hmm. try it. A baby step ain't going to hurt anything, even if you are in a season of waiting. Mm -hmm. You know, if anything, it might go very slowly. But if it's go time, you might start to see miraculous doors open one right in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to know if you don't dip your toe in the water and take those baby steps. Just That was me with Shoshana. I mean, literally, I just started trying stuff Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll come up with a name. Okay, I'll start talking to everybody and their brother about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I literally compiled a directory of names from like country club directories that they put out. And I got my hands on some and like put a database together and did a mail out. This wow. was back in the nineties. So we did a mail out, yeah. not an email blast and, and asking for the stuff, telling about this art center and asking for the stuff that we needed. Mm-hmm. And some of, some of the things we needed, we got, but then also some of those things connected to other doors. Mm-hmm. And when we were looking for a building, we just didn't, we went driving around looking for a building. Yeah. Like, I'll tell this story real quick. We're driving around, we're looking for a building. Where could we have a big old art school? Mm-hmm. My friend who's driving notices this little, it wasn't even a, like the size of a garage sale sign. It was a little tiny sign that said offices for lease with an arrow. So we followed the arrows around, walked into this leasing office. I'm 19 years old. I walk in like, I'm going to just fake it like yeah. I, was, I was telling Jalan earlier when we were filming a beautiful community video I was like I just fake it I act like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> it works for her guys it really does though it really does <laughs> so I was like I'm gonna fake it so I you know muster myself up and I walk into this leasing office like I have any clue how to rent anything, anything right yeah. <laughs> and, and I walk in the door and who is sitting behind the office but the woman who used to lease my parents their business years ago at Jacksonville Beach and she looked at me and I looked at her and she's like, Courtney Chastain? And I said, Dottie? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just divine. And those are the things that we that God does when yeah. we take little baby steps. So if you're on the verge and you feel like there's an opportunity, just try. Mm-hmm. Just start knocking on doors and see what happens. Yeah. So good. I love that you, yeah. Yes. I'll, I love that, all of that. <laughs> yeah. This, right? Yeah. It's better to think, yeah. mm-hmm. try and fail than wonder yeah, what would have happened if you had tried. Yeah. The pain of regret. Much more far worse, far worse, far worse than, than scraping your knee and finding out, Oh, that wasn't God or whoa, what have I here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So worth it. Okay. So how can people get in touch with you and what you've got going on? Cause I know you've got all the things going on. All the things. (laughs) Um, probably the best hub is our ignition point, which Mm -hmm. is just the ignition point dot org. It is .org. There are links on that website to pretty much everything we do, whether it's the beautiful community, which Jalan and I do together, mm-hmm. reaching women. Um, we have Ignition Point Ministries on Instagram and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Instagram, my husband, who has a degree in photography, he keeps that up and he <laughs> gets some pretty good pictures. We're both actually awful about getting pictures in the moment in ministry. Which is kind of great because we're caught up in the moment right, and right. neither of us wants to stop. We need to hire someone to come Those take photos yeah. and videos yeah. so we can chronicle all the cool stuff. Because mm-hmm. afterwards we're always like, oh, man, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, Did you see what that, you know. But yeah. anyhow, so uh, Instagram, Ignition Point, Ignition, uh, Ignition Point Ministries or the org. Got it. And yeah, sign up for their newsletter. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram because... 
It's good stuff. It's yeah. good stuff. And their newsletter comes out every Monday? Yes. Every Monday, a little thing will drop down when you come on the website that you can sign up. We do not, like, bombard you. No, it's once a, once a week. Yeah, it's Monday morning usually. It's a brief message from one of us. And we actually get some pretty great feedback. Like, it's it's always an encouraging mm-hmm. little mini message mm-hmm. that maybe will be just what you need to hear on your Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And there will also always be links in the email that tell you whatever is coming up so you can find out and link to everything. And it's totally timely. Like the newsletters are always like, yep, that's what I needed. Oh, <laughs> good. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. So good. I'm glad we finally got you on. Me too. The world, obviously, especially the Walking Well podcast community needs to hear <laughs> you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. All right, guys. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you haven't, share the episode, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. We'll be back next week. Boss it out. Bye. Thank you.